I think this might be one of the most important pieces to the Raising Luminaries puzzle, teaching our kids to keep getting back up. And I'm saying this as I usually am, both to us as entrepreneurs that are raising kids, but also to us to keep getting back up, to develop a level of toughness that allows them and us to forge ahead despite everything life is bound to throw at them. And guess what? Teach them this and they will automatically be set apart from their peers. You know why? Culture does not teach this. Toughness is not currently a virtue. Resilience is not valued. So what does it look like? What role do we play in it? And how can we encourage resilience throughout the years with our children? Let's raise them up right. You're listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, where we elevate successful entrepreneurs into powerful leaders doing work that really matters. And this episode is dedicated to raising luminaries. If you listen to this show, you already know that it's not about you anymore. As a leader, a real luminary, you're here to deeply impact others. I feel it too. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, a business leadership strategist and mom who's passionate about raising up that next generation of leaders. Looking at my three kiddos, I realized that I wanted to do entrepreneurship differently for them. Society is failing the next generation, and once a week on this show, we're doing something to change that. Whether you're a parent with your own little luminary or you want to heed the call of impacting those trailing you, this short but sweet episode will give you guidance and inspiration you can bring around your dinner table or into your community. You want to create your legacy? Here's where you start. Let's raise them up right. I played a lot of sports growing up, most specifically and most commonly basketball. And I would roll my ankles constantly. This was just my MO from when I was really young all the way up through when I played varsity. It was just like ankle rolling season for me. So sometimes it would result in a pretty major sprain, you know, when you have that huge amount of swelling, black and blue, painful. And that would require me to take it a little bit easier and maybe be off my feet or go to PT and have them work it for me. But most of the time, it was a minor sprain. And the best medicine was movement. Don't let it get stiff. Don't let the swelling get trapped in the joint. Make sure you ice it and try and get that inflammation out. And this is certainly not medical advice. I'm sure I have some of my PT friends who are cringing right now listening to this because they know there's a better way. But it was a 90s baby, and that was a standard of care, and it worked for me. So I would work on strengthening the muscles around my injury uh, to keep it moving and to do what I needed to reduce that inflammation, you know, raise my foot up and sleep with it elevated and all of that kind of stuff so that I could work towards healing and getting back to playing again. But there were times, too, when I would baby it. Maybe I wanted to get out of the sprints that were happening in practice or something, but I'd treat a minor sprain like a major one. And the stiffness would start to set in. That minor sprain would start to mirror what a major one would do. And the pain would show up and I'd lose momentum in my, both my ankle, but also in my world. You know, things would just start to slow down. We have the opportunity as parents to help our kids not lose that mobility. I'm not talking about their ankle. I'm talking about the mobility in themselves to reduce the pain and the swelling and see how they can just keep going when they encounter those moments that hurt. A lot of times when our kids go through their own adversities, data shows that some kids learn, this is a learned thing, to develop the ability to overcome 
and other kids learn not to. And raising well-adjusted, strong children who know they can overcome challenges is one of the greatest gifts we can give our kids because one of the few guarantees in life that all of us have is life will come with hardship. We will fail. We will struggle. And if and how we get back up dictates what happens next for us. We have to be the the encouragers. We can't do it for them, but the ones that remind our kids that they have to keep going. This is the nature of being human. So what are some of the ways and things we can do that can help support them in that? Because again, we can't do this for them. That's not teaching them to be resilient. That's us doing it for them and them becoming less resilient. Although we don't need, as you know, my stance on this, a Harvard degree to be incredible parents and or leaders for our kids, a study out of Harvard found that the most powerful differentiator between kids who did develop resilience in life and were able to recover more quickly after challenges and those who did not were that the ones that did had a strong, stable connection with a supportive parent. That is you. That is me, right? That study pointed out that supporting our children as they navigate through adversity, they, not us, it's their problem, their suffering, their struggle. We have to remember that piece. And I'm saying that as I'm pointing at myself or trying to remember it. And helping them build the adaptive skills to do that, it made a world of difference in how they developed. Other factors that matter in the process are working with our kids and modeling self-control. Self-control. Because when something bad happens, when something painful happens, when we encounter a challenge that we have to work through, that self-control allows the time to figure out what resilience would look like. Is it just going to be an outburst, right? When we get frustrated with something, does it lead to an outburst or do we take the time to be methodical in in how we respond to that thing? The other day, uh, we were building Legos in the living room, which is a pretty much an everyday activity in our house. And my son had built something pretty awesome. He had this bajillion piece set. He's so good at, he's just like my husband following directions. I'm the total opposite. Don't give me directions. I'm just, it's just not happening. I don't, I ever use a recipe, none of that, but my son is really good at following a process. And it was this for this awesome pirate ship. And in comes our just wrecking ball of a two-year-old and she bludgeons this thing to smithereens, not on purpose, but she was running through And she was in spaz mode and took it out completely. And I saw Jack start to see red. To a six-year-old, this is a huge deal. This kid's been working on this thing. Like He's putting his effort into it. It means something to him. And he wants to complete the goal. He wants to finish this project. Just as I started to see the smoke start to bellow out of his ears, I saw an opportunity to remind him of his options. In the past, I would have probably, just thinking back to how, before I was more conscious of this stuff, maybe tried to comfort him from the blow, but this was a chance for him to really feel the feelings and then decide what he was going to do with them and what he was going to do next, because that's the key piece. That's resilience. It's something happens, how do we react, and how do we get back up? It might seem like a small moment, 
not a big deal, but there are massive teaching moments in the everyday that we miss or we even mess up when we try and stop the pain as quickly as we can for them or we try to fix it for him. I I looked at that pirate ship and my first thought was, okay, where do the pieces need to go to put this back together so that Jack stops feeling the pain of seeing this thing broken? But that wasn't my role in that moment. So I talked to him because he's smart. Our kids are smart. Even when they're little, they're smart. Acknowledged his anger. You're upset, huh, bud? That's, you know, super frustrating that your sister accidentally, reminding him it was an accident, came cruising in here and it broke as a result because you've been working on this for a while. I want you you want to acknowledge that and give them space to to feel and to talk because remember that first piece that I talked about one of the most powerful pieces of your kids resilience is coming from that stable, strong, trusted and supportive connection with you. Before he boiled over, it was a chance to offer some perspective and a reminder that he has control only over himself. He couldn't control that that happened, but he he decides what happens next. So he has control over how he reacts to this and what he chooses to do next. So helping him regulate that emotion. He's allowed to feel it. He's allowed to be pissed off. I'd be pissed off too if I were working on something and then it got destroyed. Of course. But it's the reaction that we're trying to help them make choices over. He understands the work that we're doing here at the Luminary Leadership Company, because we talk about it a lot. We talk about it around the dinner table. Our kids are involved. So we talk a lot about leadership. Our kids, you know, eat, sleep, and breathe it with us. And he's eager because he knows what it means to be a leader. He's eager to continue to develop into a leader. So knowing that, I asked him, well, Jack, what would a leader do here? And it was funny because in that time I gave him to talk, to kind of vent, He was saying, well, I'm going to go break her favorite toy, you know, just all the six-year-old things. But then when I asked him this other question of what would a leader do here, I wanted him to talk through his options and get a grip on what was in his control. And he knew right away, well, they probably wouldn't go break Abby's toy. I said, yeah, that's right. And I also reminded him of the goal. His goal is to complete this pirate ship that he's working on. And during that little vent session, one of the things he said is, well, I don't even care. I'm not even going to do it anymore because it took me so long to get to this point that I don't want to have to rebuild it. But the goal is to have it built. So would quitting out of anger help him get there? So he was able to connect those dots and say, all right, this is just the situation. It sucks. It's frustrating. I'm mad. but." Quitting wouldn't get me to my goal. Breaking Avi's toy wouldn't get me to my goal because then I'd be getting in trouble for revenge. He learned in that moment that he just, he had to start from where he was. These were the cards that he was dealt. Now it's time to play them. How are you going to play your cards, Jack? And he was starting to make those connections and calm down and really regulate his emotions and start to see the possibility. Well, I... It took me a long time to build it because it was my first time building it. And now I already know how to do it. So maybe I can do it a little bit quicker. Like he was starting to get in in a positive frame of mind. And I think it's helpful to offer some perspective. Our kids are young. So this is the language we use, but adapt it accordingly. Actually, I think this could work for someone, an adult, someone older. 
But sometimes we'll ask the kids when they're about to go into tantrum mode or they're freaking out over something like the pirate ship, hey, is this a big deal or a little deal? Big deal or little deal. That's how we say it. And we've already talked about what are things that are big deals and what are things that are little deals. We've helped them identify the difference so that they can see that gap between the two. It might feel like a big deal, but feelings can be really deceiving. You have more control when you can regulate those feelings and make choices despite them. A big deal is when someone's really hurt or if there's a fire. They, they, they understand that. Little deals are things that might make us mad or make us feel sad, but we can keep going like our Legos being broken. We can try again. We can make a different choice. So that perspective can be really helpful in the process too. Raising resilient kids is not just the right thing to do. It is one of the greatest treasures you will ever give your children. Because life is bound to throw life at them. To give them moments where they feel broken or broken down, but they make the choice to keep going. They make the choice to fight for what they want. They make the choice to do it differently the next time. They rise up no matter what. So let's raise luminaries who see the good in challenge and who adapt quickly and who will be ready to face the world that's sure to throw those curveballs and hardships their way and they will make good out of them. Let's raise them up right. I hope today's episode gave you exactly what you needed. And if it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next juicy episode. And don't be shy. I don't bite often. So come connect with me over on Instagram at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question, a guest you want to hear on the show or an idea you have for us, just reach out and share your thoughts. We do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve. We pick a luminary each week from our social posts. So if you want to be entered into our Luminary of the Week drawing, then comment, save, and share the Instagram post from this episode. We want to lead and spoil you. Thank you for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. So tune in next time to keep building that legacy and doing the work that really matters.